Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hello, and welcome to this edition of World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today, we're looking at the political scandal that's threatening to bring down President Dilma Rousseff of Brazil. Joining me on the line from Sao Paulo is our correspondent there, Samantha Pearson, and on the line from Miami, our Latin America editor, John Paul Rathbone. Samantha, I said it's threatening to bring down the president. Just give us a sense of how close we are to the potential impeachment of President Rousseff. Yeah, so fascinating times here in Brazil over the past few weeks. Really what has happened is the the investigation into corruption at state oil company Petrobras, which has been going on for the past two years, has reached now the top levels of government, specifically Lula, who is the ex-president, but also is threatening Dilma Rousseff, the, the president. That's obviously about corruption at Petrobras, but at the same time, impeachment proceedings against Dilma, which are not about corruption, they're actually about allegations that she broke the budget law, They're also gathering pace. So last week, they created the commission in the lower house that's going to look at these allegations and then eventually vote on them. That should happen in the next month or so. But really, everything's coming to a head. It looks, I mean, analysts generally believe that Jilma now won't see the end of her time in office in 2018. And you say that formally they're separate, these impeachment proceedings and the corruption scandal, but are they kind of connected in the sense that this atmosphere of building crisis? And do you think they'd be going ahead with the impeachment if it were not for the slowing economy and the sense that the system is somehow rotten. Exactly. The allegations against Dilma, which are the basis of the impeachment proceedings, in comparison to everything else that's going on in Brazil, look pretty minor. But really, the momentum behind the impeachment proceedings is, as you say, is related to the corruption scandal and also the economy, which is now facing potentially its worst recession in more than a century. So all of this really is piling pressure on the government and the PT party, the ruling Workers' Party, They're also hanging on because of the PMDB, which is the coalition partner, are threatening to break with the government. So that would also be a huge move as well. And basically the beginning of the end for the PT. And John Paul, I mean, it's interesting that in recent weeks now the scandal has touched President Lula, who I remember when he retired, everybody said he was the most successful politician, the most revered in his own country and around the world. I know some middle-class Brazilians never bought into that, but it is still a moment, isn't it, when the scandal starts pulling him in? Yes, absolutely. Uh, He was untouchable before, but then this corruption probe has touched all sorts of previously untouchable figures, not least the chief executive of Odebrecht, Marcelo Odebrecht, a billionaire who has been sentenced to jail for 19 years. And Odebrecht are what? They're a big construction company. They're Latin America's largest construction company, and they built several stadia for the World Cup, and they also built a lot of the Rio Olympics. But they have projects around the world from Miami, Cuba, Angola, Panama. They're everywhere. And Samantha, I mean, some people I gather, I mean, from reading your articles, frankly, because the PT and Dilma's party and Lula's party are of the left, Some people have seen this move against them as a kind of reactionary backlash, almost a coup in the making. How widespread is that view? 
Well, there was a poll last week which said that 70% of Brazilians now support the impeachment of Rousseff. So we are talking about a minority in Brazil, but they're a large minority and it's not just a few crazy conspiracy theorists that are saying this. The government is saying that this is a coup in the making backed by the opposition, but also some of the judges, which is a worrying statement. Over the weekend, there were huge protests across Brazil, the hundreds of thousands of people not as big as the anti-government protests, but still large protests in Sao Paulo and other cities. Basically, in defense of democracy, is what they were saying, against the coup. A lot of people who saw the coup in 1964 in Brazil, which brought in the 21-year dictatorship, they're saying this is just history repeating itself. This is another coup in the making, and they won't stand for it. Which is very dangerous talk, I think, and depending on how the impeachment process goes, we could see the tensions rising. But John Paul, I mean, how does one square this idea that there's a strong class element to this without necessarily endorsing the coup talk, but that this pits the establishment against the Workers' Party with the fact that, as you pointed out, major billionaire businessmen are being sent to prison? What's been extraordinary about the whole Brazil probe so far is it's been run and pursued by apolitical, professional and proud judges and federal police officers. And all of the rulings have been on a technical basis. But lately, there has been a sort of transgression of style, perhaps by Moro, the federal prosecutor, in the way that Lula was arrested and the way in which the secret recording between himself and the president was leaked, which provided damning evidence. But to date, the most encouraging thing about Brazil, and it's still the case, I believe, is that this is an independent judicial process that's following the institutional process to the T. And as Sam has written in her other pieces, one factor is that the judges, of course, it's very expensive to go through all the training to become a lawyer, become a judge. So inevitably, it tends to attract better off people. Having said that, the former head of the Supreme Court, Barbosa, who prosecuted a former corruption case in 2005, the so-called Mensalau, he was a black man who came from very humble beginnings. So it's a very variegated situation. But Brazil and Latin America in general have this inbuilt allergy to talk about coups, which in a way is another sign of the strength of democracy. And Samantha, I mean, John Paul there referred to this potentially damning, I think was the word he used, evidence of the, the leaked phone call between Lula and Dilma. How damning, in your view, is the case of corruption, or does it really vary case by case? And what precisely was going on between the president and her predecessor? The conversation that was leaked was part of a series, actually, of leaked conversations. This one in particular implied, there is a lot of doubt, but it implied that Dilma was only offering him a ministerial post, which she did last week as chief of staff, in order to protect him from imminent arrest. So that is a mini-drama in the bigger picture. So she appointed him as chief of staff last week, and then a judge came in and blocked the appointment. And so far, we've kind of seen a legal battle over whether he will actually be minister or not. Only last night, actually, Lula's defence lawyers have managed to get the case put back into the Supreme Court's hands, which means that Lula now won't be arrested until at least the end of the month, if he is arrested at all. But yes, as you say, in terms of the corruption allegations, they do vary. It's important to say that there's nothing against Dilma, yet there's no concrete evidence that she was involved in the scheme, even though she was chair of Petrobras when much of this corruption took place. But the feeling is that a lot is still to come. Overnight, Odebrecht put out a kind of ambiguous statement implying that all of the executives, including Marcel Odebrecht, who was the CEO, 
will sign plea bargains with prosecutors. And this really could change everything, because if anyone has anything on Jilma and Lula, it's Marcel Edelbrecht. He is probably one of the most important figures in the construction industry. So that really could change the game entirely. Okay, I'm just taking a couple of steps back before we conclude. I mean, John Paul, it's a very dramatic scandal. It sounds almost like one of the television soap operas they apparently adore out there. But it's also rather sad, isn't it? Because four or five years ago, everybody was saying that Brazil had finally turned the corner, not just politically, but economically, and that it was on the up. Now it's in the middle of this enormous political scandal and the economy is tanking. Well, it's true. The corruption probe has paralysed government. It's pretty much brought down the shutter on investment because of all the uncertainty. And that's exacerbated the economic downturn. But you could really easily argue that if Brazil could move into a new situation where the rule of law becomes the norm, where the disincentives for corruption have become so huge, that would be a really profound structural adjustment in the way that Brazil does things. The problem is that the cost, the short-term cost to this purge is huge. So yes, Brazil, when it was at the top of the cycle and could do no wrong, clearly it was heading for hubris and we've hit hubris. What's so fascinating is that This isn't just sort of an economically ravaged country now and everything was just overblown before when it was riding the boom. This is a very different kind of development. And ironically, it could prove that one of the reasons why the legal institutions are so strong in Brazil at the moment is because of reforms that the Workers' Party put in under Lula and Rousseff. So there is a rather bittersweet irony there that the Workers' Party could be brought down by some of the legal reforms that they themselves introduced. Okay, well, with that interesting and rather hopeful in a way note, thank you very much indeed to John Paul Rathbone. Thanks also to Samantha Pearson in Brazil. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.